Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Thanks for tuning into the podcast as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. And this week, it's good times, bad times. Isn't that a Led Zeppelin song? Yeah, I think you're not. Oh, no, this, is, the, this, yeah, right. yeah. this is good news, bad news. Good news, That's bad news. Doing, there right? we go. Yeah, well, yeah. That one song. <laughs> times. All right. So anyway, I got that all messed up. Anyway, you get Now it's going to be one of those tunes in your head all day. So. It'll be in there all day. Yeah, I've already got it. It's already playing in my head right now. Uh, so we're going to talk about some good news, bad news. And Lord knows that it's been, you know, uh, a lot We've of- had a lot of those. <laughs> for 15 months, 18, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You want the good uh, news like or the bad news? Uh, but anyway, the idea here is that why the good doesn't always offset the bad. So obviously, Phil, nobody likes to deliver bad news. Uh, that's why we often follow up you know, with good news. We'll say, well, do you want the good news first or the bad news first, right? I've got some pretty funny ones here through. Uh, they're not funny for the folks that this happened to, but folks uh, have experienced these or they hear these. And as an advisor, mm-hmm. you've probably certainly heard these or maybe oh, yeah. even uh, had to say some of these from time to time. So, and really also it's kind of a little bit of double speak too. So I think sometimes you have to kind of extract the, the real nugget of information from it, if you will. So the bad news is, is that you still have a lot of debt, but the good news is, is that some of that, uh, the interest that you're paying on is tax deductible. Make sense? Yeah. I mean, say, and, and that comes up, you know, a lot of times when you're talking about, oh, do I pay the house off? And okay. oh, but yeah, the interest is still tax deductible. So maybe I should keep it. Okay. And I mean, it technically, yes, it is. Um, you know, a couple of thoughts with that though. I mean, number one, if you're paying a high interest rate today, you probably shouldn't be because interest rates are at historic lows. I mean, just right. crazy, crazy low rates. Right. Um, so you should, if you still have that debt, refinance it to get that rate down. Okay. Um, and chances are you might not even be benefiting from a tax standpoint just because the, the standard deduction is so high. True. You know, for True. a married couple, I've, it's like a $24,000 hurdle or more that you have to right. hit depending on age before you even realize that benefit. So, you know, unless you have a lot of property taxes, although that's limited to, you know, um, are very charitable inclined and are, are giving a lot to charity. You might not even be getting it, you know, a, an advantage tax advantage of that mortgage interest. Okay. So in so, that case, it might be bad news, bad news. <laughs> yeah. might, might end up being bad news, bad news. So, so yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't always think, oh yeah, but you know, uh, you know, it's all tax deductible anyway. So I'm going to take it. So true. And that's kind of the idea here is that we tend to do that sometimes, whether yep. we're getting this information or whether we kind of process it that way, where we kind of flip the switch on ourselves. Um, and again, you know, with the way the market is done, some of these might be, you know, I think some of these we actually kind of crafted earlier in the year <laughs> and the market kind of ended a little strange, you know, obviously, who, again, who really who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, everything seems like it's on its head, if we're being honest. Like if you, you know, traditionally, if you see a 30 percent drop, especially one that goes that fast in the midst of, you know, some world catastrophe, um, who expects the market to finish in the year positive? The you know, I mean, it's in the same calendar year. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. It, it doesn't happen. Hasn't happened, you know? Right. So, right. So maybe these are, you know, so anyway, but the bad news is that fund you're in maybe isn't performing as well as you wanted. The good news is that the fees are pretty low, right? You could try to find that positive spin, but is, is that a positive spin? I mean, it is. It's it, And fees is always an interesting discussion to have, you know, because, 
Um, is it important? Absolutely. I mean, it's one of the factors and that's the key is one of the factors that plays into overall fund performance or investment performance. Mm -hmm. Now, is it the only factor? Absolutely not. You know, cause there's, and, and I mean, this is a great example where, and not to say, you know, this is the, the case with any specific fund or fund family, but right. you know, you can't just focus on fees because you have to understand why they're low. You know, typically the reason fund fees are low is because there is no management taking place. I mean, it's usually low fees happen because it's an indexed fund or an indexed ETF. Right. You okay. know, so the fees are very, very low inside that specific vehicle because there's no one managing it. I mean, it is just following the market, so to speak. Gotcha. You know? okay. So yeah, good news, bad news, but understanding why that good news, if you want to call it a fees being low, why it's there. It's not just because, oh, they're doing a great job and they're going to give me a great deal on it, lower <laughs> fees. No, right, it's not right. the case. Okay. They're not doing anything is the reason the fees are so low is it's, gotcha. it's an unmanaged index, basically. There's so. not a lot happening to help you out there. Okay. Right. Uh, this next one would not be, I don't think would be pretty, I don't think this is good regardless, but uh, right. the, the bad news is, is that you don't have enough money to pay for nursing home care. Uh, the good news is, is Medicaid will step in. I mean, you're pretty much at the end of the rope before this happens, right? Yeah. I mean, to, to have Medicaid pay, I mean, you have to have spent basically everything. I think in Michigan, it's like a $2,000 is what you can have and, and money in the bank and investments, whatever it is, 2000 right. in liquid, you can oh. have a car and you can have a house, yeah. you know, and that's it. Um, and they it. can't yeah. take the car in the house, but at the end of the day, if, if Medicaid pays, they're going to file a claim against the estate and try to recoup that um, mm -hmm. once you passed away. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a, not a, a, a scenario I think you want to plan towards. No, it's a you tough know? And, and I mean, this always brings up an interesting discussion too, because, you know, sometimes I'll have clients approach that and say, well, yeah, but may, maybe I should give the money away or, you know, whatever, try to, to have Medicaid pay. For I was just going to ask okay. you that. Yeah. Well, let's think that through. Is that really what you want? You know, have you looked right. at, quote unquote, Medicaid facilities, because I mean, typically they're not as high a quality and nothing wrong with them. I mean, they're, they're there for a purpose, right. but at the end of the day, that facility is not getting paid nowhere near as much as they would from a, a private pay on the outside. So it's just, just like we talked about with funds, right? I mean, they're, the, the fee isn't there, so to speak. So the service is expectedly lower people say, well, should we transfer the house so they can't take it? You know, you'll, you hear those questions come up mm -hmm. you know, and I think sometimes that's what they're thinking is if, if they have no assets, that'll help them with, you know, the long-term or the nursing home facility. And again, that's just not a strategy you want to try to. When it, it very well could, but again, it's, it's make, you know, understand what you're wishing for. You know, right. I, yeah. I, I just, if you're heading down that path, you better start to really look at what that is. And yeah. would you rather have the choice of, because when you get to that point, it's not like you have a choice. It is, you know, I put my application into how many ever are there and I get whatever's there. You know, it's probably right. not going to be the one I want necessarily. It's definitely a tough, it's a tough pickle. And in any of these really good news, bad news situations, yep. uh, they can be. And and we walk ourselves into these a lot of times by procrastinating too. You know, right. uh, we often kind of put ourselves there where we're kind of forced to deal with both the good and the bad side because we've waited too long to really maybe, you know, take more advantage of the good uh, or the mm -hmm. potential for good because we've, you know, put ourselves in that situation. Uh, this one, this next one, Phil, really is not going to be uh, on 
on us to put ourselves in this situation. It's really what our leaders are going to do. Uh, and that's around the conversation of Social Security. You know, the bad news is, is technically it's running out of money. You know, I mean, some would say it's, you know, and it's not going broke. It's been broke, some would say, uh, whether that's the system is broke or the actual accounts are broke. Right. However you want to look at it. Um, is the good news that who wants to be the person that ends it and causes that problem? So at some point, does a, you know, leader, a uh, politician fix it? Yeah. And I mean, I, I've always referred to, to social security as that hot potato, so to speak, that no one wants right. to touch it. Mm-hmm. Whoever touches, it's going to be blamed for everything. Right. You know, so, but I mean, at some point they have to fix it, you know, and, and again, this is one of, of truly understanding the facts of it, because there's a lot of, media play on, oh, it's going broke. Get the money before it's gone. Right. Well, to be clear, it's not going broke. It's it's what's running out is the trust fund, which is simply means that up until this point, they've been collecting more social security benefits as, than what they paid out. So they built a, a trust fund and they are spending that down. So right. based on their projections, worst case, if they do that, they're still going to be able to pay roughly 70% of what your benefit is just from money being collected. Okay. Well then what after the 75, do they keep cutting it down? Does it keep getting lower? And there's so, again, it's a hot potato. There's so many really kind of simple fixes, but it's just who's willing to do it. Yeah. And we talk a lot about this in our social security class to help address that because that's, that's one of my concerns is clients making decisions based on what they hear on the media, which nothing wrong with the media, but, a lot of times they're presenting the sensationalized side of it. What's going to sell is, oh, social security is going broke. Right. You know, okay, well, let's really understand what they're saying. It's not going broke. The trust fund's running out. And this is what it means. Do you see that being the case? Do you see, uh, you know, well, there's a lot of conversation about changing age, age limits. I mean, I think Absolutely. to me, that seems like such a simple fix that they can make some minor age limit moves and that would help a lot too. So well, it's going to have to be a combination of, of all of the above, right? I mean, yeah. they, I think one of the, the fixes you'll see is they might just uncap it and everyone pays social security on everything, all earnings. Um, and that'll help. That'll go a long ways to, to bringing in more, more funding. Right. Right. They definitely need to adjust age. I mean, the, the challenge is, is the full retirement age today has been that way for a lot of years back in, right. you know, when they first started this, life expectancy was about what full retirement is, you know? Right. And there was no early, there was no, and there was no early and late. I mean, it was, you filed for full, you know, social security at that age. And and the reality is a lot of people didn't even make it to that age. Right. Well, we're now living much longer and they have not adjusted that age. You know, they've all, they've moved it out a couple of years. I mean, it's, you know, 65 to 67 now is the longest full retirement. So think of it this way, the, the college graduate that just went out and got their first full-time job and is paying into the system technically can collect their full benefit at 67. And that's part of the math that goes into their formula to saying, Oh, it's running out. Yeah. I know, and that person's probably going to have a longer life expectancy than you or I. So, right. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of things in, in the social security conversations, a lot with the good news, bad news, again, yep. it, you know, sensationalism can be the case, but having a good strategy, I don't think it's going to be a real issue for most of our demographic. I think people 50 and up are probably still going to be fine. Right. Um, you know, from even from any major changes, who knows anything's possible. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's, yeah, right. it is, but it, it is it, the government that, that, you know, they're the 800 pound gorilla, so they can yeah, do what they true. want basically yeah, that's true. or what they, what we let them do. So, well, I'm going to do la- one last one and then we'll wrap it up. And again, I, to back to what happened in 2020 with the markets, um, 
typically this would not, you know, this is one of those standard things that you'll hear uh, in the investing world. You know, the mm-hmm. bad news is you just lost a bunch of money. So we'll go with 40% because it was 30 or 30 something percent was back in February, March. Right. Yep. Uh, about 33. Yeah. So the bad news is you lost 30 something percent. The good news is it'll come back eventually. We hear that all the time. And that's true. It, it most, most of the time does come back eventually. Mm-hmm. Our argument we get into is what is your time horizon to wait for eventually? Correct. 2020 being the odd offlier that it came back in literally a calendar year. But if you think about a prolonged downturn, we haven't had a prolonged downturn since 08. Correct. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, you got to put, have to put some perspective into it that what we've just gone through is, is not natural, so to speak. You know, I mean, it it was, it was um, supported by a lot of government spending. I mean, there was a significant amount of government, borrowed government spending that was thrown at the economy to, to boost it. And it responded very well. Right. You know, right. so what, what we saw, um, and a part of it was truly an overreaction, you know, cause there was just a lot of unknowns. I mean, they were shutting economies down. People had no idea what was going to happen and, and market, the market does not like uncertainty. And that's right. what we saw, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it, you, in retirement though, you can't, handle that kind of uncertainty. You, you have to have a little bit more certainty, but not with everything. You yeah. know, and that's where we get into discussions with clients all the time and bucketizing the money to make sure we've got the income we need over the next 10 to 11 years. We use that soon bucket concept we've talked right. about before where that's protected money that we don't have to worry about market volatility. Later bucket, we can take a little more risk for more long-term growth. So when we have these downturns, even if it does end up being that more prolonged recovery, we have time. And that you know, gives so. you your eventualness a lot of times in that later bucket. Correct. That's where the eventually it comes back and hopefully you've got time. But again, your time horizon is going to be different. So if you were, you know, we're now what, uh, you know, 12, 13 years removed from the 08 mm-hmm. crash. So let's just keep it an easy math and, at 10 years and just mm-hmm. say if you were, you know, 45 in 08, you know, you had some time. I mean, it was right. okay that it took it two years to come back or whatever the exact numbers were. But if we have another prolonged downturn and now you're 10 years older or 15 years older, now you're 55 or 60 even, right. can you really survive a prolonged downturn if you're not weighted properly? Correct. Yeah. And again, it, it's the, the only caveat there you have to, to consider is you can't look at all your money the same. You know, and that, that's with this concept and, and risk, that's oftentimes what I see is that individuals will look at their risk and all their money the same way to say, oh, I'm right. getting close to retirement. I should be more conservative. I have to be more conservative, which, yes, to some extent with some of the money you do because you're starting to, to become more at risk for a portion of it. Right. But yet the, the silent risk there that you don't see is that by taking it too conservative, you have a hopefully long you know, horizon in retirement, 20, 30 years, maybe. Right. That unfortunately, the flip side of all this is the whole inflation concept that we've seen deflation. I mean, it's been low you know, for a lot of years now. We're kind of getting used to it, which that's not normal. Yeah. And with government spending and everything else that's happening, I mean, at some point we will see inflation kick in. You know, and we and have to make sure we've got a hedge against that. So, and as we talk about all the time, I mean, there's just a, it's a, it's a balancing act. 
It's Absolutely. a fine, it's a fine balancing act because it can't just it's not just black and white good news bad news you know you lost forty percent it'll come back eventually you know everything has got to work within in these different kind of levels to give you the ability to handle whatever kind of comes your way you know and that way right. you're not uh, hopefully having situations where so many people lost so much money in 08. Uh, and we're not able to retire and had to go back and work and so on and so forth. That's really where, you know, having a good yep. plan comes into place. That's the whole point of doing it. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, if your plan hasn't looked at some of these scenarios, then maybe you should question the plan, you know, because if your plan's based on, oh, I'm going to earn 8% every year, you might want to really look at that because you're probably not, you know, uh, and, and especially how earnings happen, you might average that if, if you've done really well, but yet, how that actually happens, the up and down when you're spending changes the whole picture. Yeah. So, you know, planning accordingly, that's all name of the game. That's why we do the podcast, you know, is to try to share some information. So as always, if you, if you have a plan and you're not sure about it, or you just want a second opinion, reach out to Phil, have a conversation with him. Uh, there's nothing wrong with second opinions or even third opinions. Well, you know, we do this show and we put out some information. Uh, we do the, uh, the podcast and it's in various different forms and it's not designed to turn every listener or viewer into a client, but it is designed to just try to help provide some information. But if you feel as though you need some help and you want to get a second opinion, opinion. But like I said, even a third or a fourth, reach out to Phil, give him a call 248-888-7530. It's on the screen there. 248-888-7530. doesn't matter where you're at. You know, if you're watching this and you see it on the internet or you hear it on the internet and you're not right there in the Metro Detroit area, that's where his office is, but you can still reach out and have the virtual thing, do the phone call, whatever the case is. Phil helps clients all over the country. So give him a jingle 248-888-7530. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can find it all at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Uh, you can also find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, so on and so forth. But again, it's all kind of in one location there at philstaxhacks.com. And my friend, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate your time as always. Uh, the good news is uh, we are done for today. The bad news is you won't see me for another two weeks. We'll see you next time here on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts with Phil Putney. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.